0: We're going to focus on a little marketing today, particularly websites with Kurt Euler. You can find his information and and social media links and everything, all of the above, at Kurt And Then his last name is spelled U-H-L-I-R. So, U-H L E L I R. U H L I R. So head over to there if you'd like to follow along. But I really appreciate your time and I would like to love to dive into this this uh, Kurt because as you know. We have a lot of cross pollination between realtors and real estate investors, yep. and uh, you have you and your team have data from over fifty thousand real estate agent websites that shows what works, what doesn't. Uh, I mean, there's got to be a lot of insight there. So I really appreciate your your help here today.
1: Yeah, no, glad glad to be here. Yeah, fifty thousand over each of the last three years, so it's one hundred fifty thousand total. There's some overlap there, but a lot not as well. So.
0: Yeah, wow, that's there, this. Was there anything? You know, I've got to jump right in. Was there anything out of that data set that surprised you?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, but definitely from, I mean, on, on the pure kind of for a real estate agent, but very much, I think when I, you know, I think about anyone else, or I think about, you know, uh, investors and, 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 those that are whatever they're, uh, they're doing online is so often, whether it was agents or investors, whether that's sourcing properties or they have properties, you know, that they're maybe trying to get renters in is, um, most, most people tend to take their websites on a, the completely wrong side of the, the approach. They, they talk about themselves, much more than thinking about their customers. Um, there are things that apply just to real estate agents, such as do they have like a modern home search that consumers are used to? Because that affects retention. But I mean, if I'm, that applies somewhat as well for for from an investor's uh, perspective. But in the end, it's like this should be a hub that that tells a story of of who you are, but in context. Of who your anticipated audience is or who you're trying to get in there. So whether that's sourcing properties or that's sourcing people to um you know to help fund future deals for investments that you're doing. um like part of your story, if you've done say twenty investments in properties, that's meaningful. But what a visitor cares about is, well, what are you gonna do for me? And most people just don't take that approach,
0: yeah, do you think it's just a misunderstanding of of that branding, those branding principles that were taught? when it comes to marketing or what do you a think is the cause is, of this?
1: Yeah. A lot of it is, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's, Grant Cardone's uh, rich dad, poor dad's, you know, out there. Um, but you know, those are people that they've made billions of dollars, you know, in things. And so th- they tell so much of their story from their perspective. Well, most of us aren't there yet. I'm not there yet. And so I've been really successful. I've had a lot of failures, but you know, how do you, how do they get to be that successful? Well, they really, ultra focused on who their client was. And so, you know, that whether that's a renter or somebody that's coming in on a deal for me, or if it's an agent, it's somebody that's going to come buy a property from me. And so I always like to think about things and most of us, most people just, just don't do it. We, we listen to these gurus, these influencers that talk about themselves as opposed to say, hey, I know nothing about Kurt Euler and put on glasses of somebody that knows nobody, uh, nothing about Kurt Euler. If they come to curteuler.com" why should they stay? Why should they care whether mm-hmm. they came from an article or they actually came to the homepage? What do you, what can you do for me? And cause that, that's what people are, are searching for. You know, if they came from a blog post. I might give them a, an article of, I'm an investor. Here's what you need to know about investing in real, uh, in real estate in the North Atlanta suburbs. That's where I live. Well, somebody may have come from, come to that article. Okay. But why should I invest with you? Or why should I sell my home to you? That's, that's a very different mentality than I find that, you know, 90 to 95% of the websites that I evaluated, my team evaluated that like they just don't take that approach. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's the branding principles versus people just don't slow down to go. People don't know what I know. And then like that takes effort to slow down.
0: Do you think it's a problem, like, especially with real estate agents, but I think it's starting to seep into real estate investors where you have large brokerages that kind of, Enforce these these uh, websites on their agents, and they're kind of very cookie cutter and uh, kind of branding specific in that way.
1: Um, it, I mean, it, it can be, but I mean, it, it is a it's a good thing for brokerages that you know when they're working with their agents to to give them a website. But most of them are, to your point, cookie cutter websites. They're subdomain websites you know, every Keller Williams website, you know, kurt.kw.com, all of them pretty much look the same. And you Mm -hmm. insert any brokerage name, they all look the same, not not just a bag on KW. Um, That's good because a lot of agents don't have anything, but I view those as business card websites. You know, in that case, most of those sites aren't going to meet the consumer's needs because their consumers are buyers and buyers are searching for homes. Most of them just don't give the search experience that consumers are used to. So they bounce and go to a big portal. And there's only a handful of big portals, one that dominates. Um, but yet I, I've seen thousands of agents that have found a way to, to, to build websites that, that do have a home search that works. Um, but even if you're a website, you're, you're with one of the top five, top 10 brokerages, guarantee they give you your own website. There's nothing in any of those brokerages that forbids you from having your own website. And so uh, for an individual agent, and especially if an agent is also uh, is also doing an investor or helping manage investment properties as well you have to own, own your own brand. and that means you need to own your own website. Could be Kurt it could be Kurt sells georgia.com. But the, I mean it matters more so, I think if you're if you're an agent, um, because if you're a invest if you're a, a real estate investor, well, you're your own business. Well, agents are their own business. and NAR says an agent changes business on average or brokerages every five years. That's been their number for like the last five or six years. So if you're with KW today, the averages say you're going to be with EHP tomorrow and with Remax in a couple more years. Well, what's going to be consistent about, it's going to be, what keeps your business growing? Your database of clients and your personal branding, which to me, I mean, all the evidence that I've seen says has to be around a hub that you control. And that's not like, social media is great, I don't care if you're an influencer. Though on on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, they can change their algorithms tomorrow, and you may have zero traffic. But if you've been piping people to your website, then there you always have a contact point with. Mm-hmm. And that matters whether you're an agent or whether you're an investor, sourcing deals or working or sourcing investors. Right. So let's let's go down the
0: practical path here. You know, there people have they decide they're going to have implement their own website. Or they're going to try to break out of this cookie cutter world. What are the top three things
1: that they need to implement? Well, I mean, the first thing is if in any way or their site that they they believe that their audience, their 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 ideal t- uh, target client is going to be searching for properties, they have to ask themselves: Do they have a modern a modern search tool on there? and Not one that uses uh, you know subdomains or iframes. Um, they're not good experiences. I mean, when something takes you to search.kurtueller.com. That's a that's a URL shift as much as if I send you to a completely different website, and so you usually see about a ninety to ninety five percent fall off in visitors. So even if you've sent a bunch of people from an ad or done really good content marketing, you send them to that subdomain, you're probably going to see ninety to ninety five percent of people drop out, and that's actually most real estate uh, real estate websites. Um, But your audience is investors, and not everybody has that, Uh, you know. um, But for those that do, that, that that's a needed piece. For me, the other pieces is like the biggest piece is thinking about it's a lead gen perspective. You have to think about what uh, is my website, what what do I have on there from calls to action that are actually going to help me um, connect with the person after this visit. For me, that's usually capturing an email address. Sometimes it may be capturing uh, a mobile message so you can text message them. Um, I would drop way down and say, if I can get a social media follow, that you know maybe that's my next thing. But as an investor. What I'm going to care about is an email or a, tech, or a phone number, so I can follow up. And I see way too many websites where somebody has done really good at content marketing. Maybe they've done really good at Facebook ads. Um, they drive traffic, but like I read this article that tells me exactly what I need to know. But there's like rather than like now you've won me with this article, it solved my problem. You, I, I've given you some some authority because you know I I believe what you just told me. And there's no pop-up or there's no hook that says, if you want more tips like this, sign up for my newsletter. I only send out two things a month. Like, it's amazing. Of the 150,000-ish websites that I visited, I mean, I'd say 70 to 80% of them, have they might have a call to action somewhere on their website, but it is not on every page. Definitely not. And you have to have those on every page. And then I think just about, um, uh, ideally, you have something where your site is focused on retaining people long-term. So I mentioned, I want to capture the contact information, but I want to be really clear about setting expectations. It says, Hey, you found this destination. And if you want to, if you want to dive in and binge today, that's great. But if not, you need to bookmark this because I have new stuff that comes out for somebody just like you. I mean, Mm -hmm. most, most sites, they're focused on everyone. And, it's really hard to get uh, to to become influential with everyone. But if I'm looking for people that are selling houses that aren't looking for all cash offers, they're looking for the best price in Roswell, Georgia. That's very different than focusing on someone that's looking for a quick cash sale today. Um, so I, 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 you know, focusing on those two niches is very different.
0: So would you say that you know earlier you were talking about that personal branding and and not focusing on what the customer or what that person is looking for mm-hmm. um is that the the number one thing that's holding some of these real estate agents and investor sites back is that yeah the, i mean the number one thing focus? is
1: that they're, they're they're not they think that they they may have even think that they took the approach of building a site that that meets the needs but but what they forget is like we all have the knowledge of our own business and what we do in our past deals and it 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 takes that slowing down to say the person that visits the site for the first time knows nothing that I know now and viewing the content in that way. And for me personally, like when I, when I've done that, you know, when I first started doing that, you know, years ago, I've been in internet marketing for for way too many years. Um, but it's like somebody pointed that out to me. And so I read through like my website and went my ideal client, like if I'm my ideal client, I leave instantly. Like it was just it was like Kurt's, the, you know, Kurt's great. Well, you don't even care about that. What you care about is your needs at that time. You may reinforce it later about okay, Kurt has a background. He's helped all of these thousands of entrepreneurs. He's, you know, done these things. And that's why I should listen to them. But first, like that's just a different approach. So that would be the first thing is that approach that's very client focused, ideal audience focused. So, you know, it it
0: sounds like. There's a lot of moving pieces here, especially if you're a realtor, because what you're talking about is essentially competing with some of the big boys, you know, like a Zillow, you know, you're trying to show value to the user so that they can continue to come back and use you as a resource. That would be, you know, I'm going to use a term called IDX, for example, There, that would be that integration with the MLS company so that there can be some searching and some value there in in that regard. You, you're going to have to need. You're going to have to have some skill on your team, or be willing to invest this time to implement some of the stuff that you're talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I outside of, I mean, well, I because I've helped build some of the marketing channels that we all use today, I've been blessed to be there. When I came into real estate, I, I do work with Showcase IDX, and so I, I know the IDX space very well. Um, and so, yes, yeah, thousands of agents end up choosing us, and, and that's wonderful for them. One of the things that I see agents stumbling on and wasting thousands and thousands of dollars is believing a website developer that says, Hey, let me just do it do it myself. I mean, mm-hmm. I can basically say if you would like to have a basic idea, you know, a, a mid-level acceptable IDX for even just one MLS, you need to plan on investing, you know, five to $10 million to do that. Is that what you're planning on doing? No, there's us, there are other providers. We're we're an individual IDX that people build the the best solution from there. But there are all-in-one solutions too. That's a different type of solution where it's like, if you just need a CRM with the website and everything else, well, that's a different solution. You should never try to build something like that yourself. Other parts of marketing, we would never do that. But you do have to dedicate time to it. And for us, like we have clients that come to say showcase IDX and they've heard results from others. Like we have an agent in Nashville that receives like 50,000 plus searches or visitors from Google every month. Like that's just insane. I uh, mean, so he outranks Zillow for so many terms. And it's wonderful for this business where they go, Oh, well, I could just pay $60 a month for Showcase IDX, and hosting, and you know, get help let my 14-year-old daughter build a website for me. And that's a big step. But what agents that miss then is, well, it may be a technology like Showcase, but you have the local knowledge. And so if you're going to build local community pages to try to outrank Zillow, then you as the agent need to get the knowledge that's in your head that you would tell somebody in person about why they should move into this neighborhood. You need to get that on a page on your website. So either you need to do that yourself, Jack, or you need to have a VA, or you need to be able to do a voice note and give that to someone. And not just once, you need to do a couple of those today, a couple of them next week, couple of them the week after that. It's the same thing like cold calling. You have to do that day in and day out. And then you start to become, you know, like this gentleman I mentioned in Nashville, who's just like killing it with traffic.
0: Yeah. So just remind everybody, Kurt Uhler, uhler.com U H L I R. I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes, um, reach out to Kurt and his team uh, to see if they can maybe help you with some things. But, um, so it, it almost sounds like That is actually how we compete against Zillow and some of these other, you know, Redfin and and all of these other huge websites is focus on what we know, which is our backyard.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think there's two pieces about how you, uh, about how agents truly uh, compete. The first is what we talked about. And as you mentioned, it's you have the knowledge that somebody like a Zillow at the pure national portal side, just they're never going to have, you know, your local market better than anyone. So when you use the right technology in your site, now you can actually beat on Google. Well, now you have a visitor to your website and the visitor is going to say, well, why should I use Jack's website versus Zillow, which has kind of got that Coca-Cola brand? Well, for me, then that's where when I, when I coach agents and I come into associations and MLSs, I encourage them. I'm like, Well, there's also part of why you as an agent or an investor are different than, say, you know, a big portal like that is how does, say, Zillow specifically, how do they earn most of their money? You can see in their public filings, the vast majority of their money comes from advertising, their advertising side, selling the consumers uh, name, contact and budget info from what they're searching. So what that's very. So Zillow's idea is how do we make the most money? from kind of selling our contact, uh selling those contacts in in a respectable very you know they're very transparent about that as an individual agent jack your job is to get the best deal for that individual person so i i just kind of view agents are much more like fiduciaries which is actually what they are in some states but more like a fee based financial planner hey you're, you're you on the other side want to protect my information as I probably do. Most consumers when I tell them what happens with their information when they sign up on a portal, they they're floored. Like they're floored to the point my my wife has said I ask at parties I'm like hey do you know what happens when you sign up on some of these big portals and how your information gets shared around? My wife's like don't don't tell people that anymore. Like that becomes the conversation um, because people don't want their information sold. So what can you do on your website, whether you're an agent or an investor? Well, you can promise me that you're not going to give my information to anyone else. So if and when I want to work with you, well, then I'm going to choose to do that. I'm, hopefully, I'm going to you know allow you to message me. But once I give you that permission, now we're in a relationship. It's not that you're trying to make money by selling my lead somewhere else.
0: Mm-hmm. No that's that's really interesting. So, you know, as as people are doing what you're suggesting then and and focusing on what they know and and providing that content and trickling it out, um talk a little bit about what they need to do to optimize that content and make sure that it is picked up by the search engines and and ranked accordingly.
1: Yeah, so uh, great question. Um I mean, Google will tell you that um they don't care about li- they don't care about links built to websites anymore, and that you can't you can't game the system. Well, you no. Know, you, if you're wanting to rank for condos in Roswell, Georgia, that's where I live. Well, you need to be making sure that you're writing that piece of content having one page focused just on condos in Roswell, Georgia. It's not talking about condos in Alpharetta. It's not talking about single family homes. Can you mention why a condo is better than some of those other choices, or why somebody may want to live in this locale versus another? Yes. But, but you need to be focused on meeting a, a visitor's needs that would have searched for the term you're trying to rank for. Um, so that's, that's part of it. But, but still, the number, all the tests show, no matter what Google says, the number one ranking factor, once you have that content, is off-site links. Now, don't go to Fiverr and buy them. That'll, that'll mess up your site. But there are um, good services on th- um, the marketplace called Legit that has some wonderful um, people on it. Um, but that's where you can either do the work yourself, most, much of link building is things that an agent can do themselves, but I think it really comes down to, um, is it worth the time for you to do, or is that something that's better to, to, to outsource to somebody else for them to do it for you? And that matters. I know your audience is a lot of, uh, is a lot more investors. I'd say it matters more from it, much more from an investor's website perspective. Agents, as you said, are very much out there focused on Zillow and how do they compete and get organic traffic. And that's hard. Um not that it's easy to rank an investor website, but it's like, we actually have a lot of uh, IDX customers that, you know, they're agents as well. So they have a home search on their site. Um, so they may have a residential buying focus website and they have a separate investor and investment focus website. It's usually easier in my, in my experience to, to rank that investor site. There's less people searching for those terms. There's less competition for those terms. And so when you're writing content and material for that, um, that tends to be easier. And it's almost a little bit easier from a, a building uh, links perspective, too. It's kind of hard to, you know, if you're writing good content um, as a as a real estate agent on that home buying focus site, you can get people to still link to you. You can go out to local businesses. But a lot of time for investors, it is just easier to do interviews with local financial planners. Um, estate planners, lawyers, all of the people that run in the same spheres as you do—that your visitors, whether they're investing with you or they're selling to you—that they're caring about. And so, when you interview those people, um, I find it's a little bit easier on the investor side to get people to uh, to, to link from their site back to you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you, so in the end, you, you have those people linking back to you. It, it's a it's a sign to the search engines that these other sites are using you as a reference in some way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a vote of confidence for you. Um, I mean, there's a lot of other factors. Google has, you know, I think more than 400 factors that come into their rankings, whether or not people are mentioning your name, uh, Jack on, you know, on social media, that matters, whether or not they're they're sharing your articles, that all matters. Um, it does matter how many people are watching you on YouTube or listening on Apple podcasts. Google considers some of those things into whether or not they rank your sites as well. Uh, but links is one of those bigger factors. So, mm-hmm. but I view, do very much view like your website whether you're an investor or an agent should be the hub of everything you do. So when you have a podcast or you're interviewed by somebody, you want to send people back to your website as thank you for mentioning my, my, my site earlier and putting in the show notes um, that, that allows people that want to continue that conversation to do so. And then those visitors also do end up helping your rankings as well. Cause in the end, I mean, I'm, I love, I love paid ads. Paid ads are wonderful for investors or agents looking for buyer con- contacts, but, but in the end, uh, organic search visitors, they convert better. They're better clients in the end is what I hear consistently. Um, and there's a variety of re- reasons I believe for that. I don't know for sure. Um, in the end, it ends up being much cheaper. It's longer. I can start a, a Facebook ad campaign today and start seeing results by the end of the day. It might take me three to nine months to see traffic from an organic Google perspective and, uh, with SEO. But in the end, that's how you scale your business much more.
0: So it's it's pretty obvious that that you know a lot of people they're getting in becoming a realtor or a real estate investor they that's the business that they they're focusing on so it's all about building those teams and finding those people to to fill these roles when you're talking about building a website and doing the level of integration that you're talking about what type of questions should a real estate agent and a realtor investor should be asking to make sure that You know, you talked about the independent developer earlier. What questions should we be asking to make sure it's the right fit?
1: Um, Great question. Uh, I want to ask questions like that. How many clients have you worked with that are exactly like me? Especially because you mentioned like IDX. Um, IDX, it's not that it's too complicated, but it is very different than just building a normal website. And so if if that needs to be on your website, I want to know how many IDX customers you've worked with before. And I don't usually want to hear, you know, small single digits. I want to hear dozens. Um, we have, I have partners that I've worked with that have built 10,000 plus websites and lots of those uh, partners. And like, okay, you know, you're going to have repeat stuff. Um, I'm often going to want to ask, can I talk to some of those? Or can you share me their website so I can go look at them? Um, so that's, a, do they have experience in the specific thing that I need? Um, the next question I'm usually going to want to ask uh, with a website developer is, well, do I have to host my website with you or can I host it anywhere? Because I, I, and I see, I, we have partners at showcase and I have friends um, outside of there that do host websites, but, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you choose to work with a developer that, that will host your website, well, if they do a poor job, you can't just go get another developer. And so I want to at least know that that's a possibility with you. So I have a friend, Charles in San Diego, um, He he has hosting partners, but he will never host your site because he believes he does work for you. This is Jack's website. It's not Charles's website. And so he does work for you and he hopes you will bring him up. You know, you will work with him monthly or in the future, but he's going to earn your business in the future. Well, that's one of the things that I really care about. I don't want to be tied in with somebody because just more often than not, when I find when somebody signs a contract and they're tied in entirely, it's one thing to, to for somebody to want a six month or 12 month contract. But when I can't change someone else without basically paying three to $5,000 again, that usually is where I start to seem like, yeah, that that's, I bet more often than not, you're going to end up with uh, problems with that developer. Mm -hmm. Now with that, there are some, there are some, uh, some people like, uh, agent fire. They do wonderful real estate agent websites. They host, they offer packages, they offer wonderful websites. Um, it's also one of the reasons because it's an all in one, um, and they offer great solution, they, they will be cheaper than if you just wanted to build it yourself. And so for me, I'd be like, Well, that's a wonderful trade-off you have intentionally walked into. You just don't want to talk to a developer and go, Hey, I'm writing you a check for three thousand dollars, and then find out later if you want to change, you have to write a check again to somebody else. Right.
0: So, you know, one of the things that I think the buzzword right now is becoming an influencer. Mm-hmm. And you know, part of that would be having a good website that meets the criteria that you just laid out, but how do we Work with the social media networks in order to, in hopes to be that influencer in our market.
1: A great question. Um, Start where you are. Um, Most of us are not Grant Cardone. Most of us are not Gary Vaynerchuk uh, or Seth Godin. Um, So you know, but we all have influence, whether it's with our kids or the people in our church and synagogues. And so, um, acknowledge where you're at. Um, Know that you can grow. you, You can grow an audience but um, accept where you're at and tell the stories based on where you're at. Um, I've been blessed to help be part of a small team, taking the company public. I've advised the president of the United States, but, but that's, that's, those are kind of one-offs. I mean, that's not, well, it's wonderful to have those things. That's different than who I typically am. I, I, you know, I tend to help larger companies scale. Um, and, you know, and what I have a heart for is coaching, What's now been tens of thousands of individual solo entrepreneurs grow their businesses and shape them. Well, I wasn't always that way that either. So now I can talk about those, but I'm never going to try to put myself up against and and portray myself as being Gary Vaynerchuk, as I just mentioned, because he's in a very different league. And so if I try to do that, it's not going to be come across as authentic. I don't have enough to back that up. And frankly. I don't agree with a lot of that kind of that, the the same things that um, information you would give when you're at that level applies very differently than the conversations that we're having about your audience right now and knowing, hey, what's going to help them move? Most of them aren't going to have 50 grand to go drop on a website. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they may be trying to do this themselves um, or become an influencer themselves. And so one acknowledging where you're at and part of that then says, hey, it doesn't have to be polished. Like I've got a great setup with shelves and a nice camera and microphone, but- with my phone i i can i can record anything that i need to for youtube facebook reels um it's you know like it's so simple to do that i have a uh, you mentioned like an influencer and how to start that there is a, a home inspector in texas that i, f- I found because facebook started showing him to me in his reel in, in the reels now i follow him on instagram i mean he literally i've gone back to see where did he start he's he's more polished now but he literally just started by bringing out his phone because that's, you know, he's on a roof or he's in a, you know, a plumbing cabinet a house and he shakes something that's clearly broken, you know, that you or I might not have walked in and noticed right away and he'll shake it and he goes, it's not supposed to do that. It's just catchy enough, but that's his personality too. And now he's grown so much and that's still so much of who he is. And all of his recordings are done with his phone. Mm-hmm. I can just tell as a marketer, it's like, so he. He didn't wait for some big setup. He didn't hire a camera person to follow him around. He just pulls out his phone when he's on his job and he shares content. And at least me, I'm eating that up. I mean, I'm actually thinking more about like, you know, doing some investment properties myself because I was a little bit more scared before. And after just a couple of months of watching him, I'm like, well, one would never try to buy anything without an inspector, but I've seen so many things that go uh, go right and wrong that I'm like, I'm much more confident now Based on that, and I mean, heck, I'm, I'm mentioning him on the show right now. So, mm-hmm. no,
0: it, it's it's amazing how many people you kind of you you probably especially right, you probably run into a lot of people who think they have to have a professional setup to get any of this done.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can get there. I mean, when I when I started, I was using just the, the microphone on my on my laptop. Um, now I have a, a much nicer, you know, Logitech Brio camera that's you know much more clear. Um, but still, even there is like. My my business and my so my coaching stuff continued to grow, so then I could afford the the nice rode microphone that I have. And it's like it it's all things in time, but but even then, it's like my content's not much different than it was before. Um, but there is a certain level you need to have. I mean, but everything that you can do today, I could do with my setup now. I could have done on my phone here. Like I could upload directly and then listen to it to say was the audio good or bad. Because like so, so much is about video, trying to build influence today. Well, just because it was, you know, most people don't go and listen to themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, when do I turn off of videos? When do you turn off of videos? When the audio sucks, like, and so listen to it and go, okay, that was good or bad. Okay, how can I adjust? So, so you can still do it most of the time with your phone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
1: No, that's interesting.
0: It really, just a minute ago too, you mentioned. That there are some things that you're at odds with regarding some of these these gurus. You know what you mentioned Gary Vee and 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 Grant Cardone and a few others. Uh, on, on your website and a couple other places, I heard the words high achieving servant leadership. Is is that part of that conflict?
1: Um, I probably that conflict with, uh, it's a conflict with a lot. Definitely. Um, I would say I kind of view, you know, I've never heard the term from Gary Vaynerchuk. You, you hear about how he talks about his employees and how he's there to serve them. I would be surprised if he wouldn't consider himself a servant leader. Uh, he has a few more expletives that I might have. Um, but, but, but I do <laughs> to like, say the least. yeah, but I do, I do appreciate that. He says when he shows up to work, like he acknowledges, one as the owner, nobody's going to work as hard as he is. But also, he's there to make everybody else successful, um, and, and like that's that's great. Not everybody has that viewpoint. Um, I think a lot of people are um, are much more in the viewpoint of um, you know kind of churn and burn through people. Um, I do appreciate Gary V talking about how many hours he's worked, um, but what I don't hear enough is. Um, you know him pointing out that says, "Hey, every he need you need to make space for your team for people to take off." Like I have somebody on my team who's gone through a a, a personal tragedy; they've lost their house, they've had to move. <clears throat> you need to consider things like that. You need to have an environment where people feel like, "Hey, there's a sickness in my family. I shouldn't, and I know it's going to be ongoing for you know an unknown amount of time. I, I shouldn't just have to hide it. I should feel comfortable enough bringing that to my boss, my leader." Um, if you're an entrepreneur, maybe with partners that you work with so that they know what's going on, but you're not just going to lose your job out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and mo- most, most gurus I find don't take that approach with their teams. They're very much in like, what can you do for me this month, this quarter? Um, if you're not hitting, hitting your numbers, you're out. And that, that makes sense in a long-term for a business, but I'm in companies where I'm not trying to just grow by 10% this month, uh, this year, I'm not trying to grow by 20%. I'm looking at how do we 10X or 50X this business this year. And especially when I look at two and three years out to do that, I don't, I need people that don't work, that don't want to just work for me. I need people that are committed to going to war for me. And to do that, I, they need to realize I have their back at all times.
0: Yeah. No, it, it, it that's, that's really refreshing to hear. And, and I love that phrase that you just said, I, I need people that aren't just working for me, but are willing to go to war for me. That's, that's a mindset or a level of, of commitment that is frankly, I think is rare.
1: Yeah. But I mean, it's what, when you talk to leaders, it's what they actually need. I mean, you come and work for me. It's not a 40 hour job. I, you know, it, uh, do I expect you to work Gary, v, Gary via hours? No, this isn't a 90 hour job either, but, but there may be push points and, and inflection points that happen where we have to be here and we need to put in many more hours than typically would many weeks at a time. Um, but I I mean, over the last decade, I usually never have to have that conversation with somebody on my team and and, and the the hundreds and sometimes thousands of people that have been on my team over the last decade. I, I they know ahead of time where we're at and and people kind of self-identify, hey, I need to figure out I need to figure out how I can get some more hours and get and get through maybe the next four weeks while we get over this inflection point. And then you get to back back off um to much more normal hours. Um but it's also you know, people have to you have to show that to people. Um mm-hmm. I actually, you know, personally, I I have to fight a lot of kind of the Gary Vee thing of wanting to work so many hours. So I love what I do. I love the companies that I work with. And so it's really hard for me. Like, I don't want to watch Netflix or Hulu. Um, you know, like if I have extra time and my wife's gone to sleep and the kids are down, like me coming and doing emails and knocking out some some strategy for people, I love that. And so I, I have to make sure to my team that they realize, like, I may work more hours because I just enjoy it. But also, it's hard for me. To, I have a very flexible work environment, and so it's really hard for me to take vacation sometimes. And I had to force myself to take vacation uh, recently because I had some people on my team point out and say, "You tell everybody that we have unlimited vacation within reason, but we don't see it from you." Mm-hmm. And so, like that, that was hard to hear. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that
0: makes sense. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the the level of commitment that you as uh, then, as a leader, have to uh, there's a commitment that you have to make to your employees to to get to achieve the level of what you're talking about. When you want somebody to go to war for you, you have to show an equal, if not higher, level of loyalty to them.
1: Yeah, and it it takes time and it takes effort, but I mean, it's the way I believe that you should run companies. I haven't always been that way. Uh, at one point, I was the uh, you know I re- I le- had a global team. And if you ask people that work for me on the team, then some of them still won't talk to me today, but, um, I, I was the authoritative leader then that, uh, that believed if you, if, if one person on your team cried, it was them. If everybody on the team cried, it really wasn't you as a leader, Kurt, you just dialed it to 11 and you need to dial it back just a little bit. Hmm. I'm appalled at that before. I mean, we were really successful, but I, I burnt out people. I burnt out families. It was, would have been miserable to work for me. I mean, I, I made multiple people millionaires that still won't take my phone call today. Um, some I haven't been able to apologize for. That's very different than, hey, I, I want you to be successful, Jack. We're working together. And, and we just need to figure out how that happens over the long term. Sure.
0: Well, this this has been a great conversation and, and eye-opening to say the least. I, I know I don't know if you were expecting to go into uh, business and leadership, but I, I think that that was, I hope people have stayed to the end to listen to that piece. There was a lot of value there. Um, one more time, head over to Kurt Euler.com and that's U H L I R for some more information regarding Kurt and what he's doing and his team. Um, but, uh, I kind of warned you it was coming, Kurt. Is there a question you wished I would have asked you here today?
1: Oh, um, one thing for me would just be, what do I, I maybe, what would I have changed over the last, you know, 15 years? Um, I I would have much more segmented my life. So right now, my wife and I uh, budget our time and skills the same way most people do money. And I didn't do that before. Um, and so uh, it's much easier to to have those weeks where weeks and months where you put in many more hours when you intentionally plan for that. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't do that before. I would just let those things completely run. Um, and I, especially having been an investor myself. Um, not in real estate, uh, not in real estate properties, but in other things, those just engulf so many things about my life as opposed to me blocking off what should be work hours and what should be personal hours.
0: Sure. No, that's great advice. Uh, in fact, I, I'm, I'm guilty of exactly that. The, the concept of, you know, I, I, I block off time for everything, but my personal mm-hmm. life that's, yeah. and then when you think about it, why are you, why are we starting businesses? Why are we trying to do this? It's in support typically of giving a better life to our family. But if you're not present for that, what's the point?
1: Yeah. And it can be as easy, especially during those those really busy months that i mentioned where it's like, hey, I know the next six to eight weeks are going to be rough. Um, my wife and I will sit down and be like, I don't also want that personal conflict. When you're at work, you're, you're concerned that you're not with the family. When you're at family, you're like, well, all these things are gone to work. And so it's often like Tuesdays and Wednesdays or Tuesdays and Thursdays where like my, my, my wife and I, we've been at thing where when those periods come up, I can work as many hours as I want on those days on the other days, I need to shut it down at say five 30 or six. At that point, then it's very clear then like, I can pull all nighters. I can go longer, but that's very different than just like, well, it's seven o'clock every night and it's coming, coming up to dinner or not. Um, it's up find it's much better, even if you're single, to have that that with yourself as well. We all need personal time or time with community. And so to, to plan that up front um, is so much better. But it's, it's not just better for, for the family. It's better for the businesses as well. If, you, if you're a sole entrepreneur or you're an entrepreneur or, entrepreneur or an investor, you might have two or three people on your team. If you want to be more successful in five years, you make sure that you have personal time. Well, Kurt,
0: I really appreciate your time. You're welcome back anytime. I hope you'll take me up on that invite. Yeah, this is great. Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.